Hey guys, Donovan Morgan Grant here. <laughs> it's funny because last month uh, we had a bit of a delay in getting the movie special episodes out, and I said, well, life happens, so hopefully this won't happen again. This month uh, in December, uh, we had a clusterfuck of a time getting this episode out. This was one of the most difficult uh, times in recording the show. Uh, I've ever had in, po in my podcasting career, to be honest. I mean, I've, I've had to re-record some stuff before. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, files don't edit the way they should they should do. Um, pretty much everything that could possibly go wrong basically went wrong. Uh, but even still, we managed to get the episode done because nothing could stop us. Um, to give you a brief of an insight, I won't take too long so you can actually get to the episode. But... First and foremost, Jesse fell ill, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about that. Not that he, he wasn't deathly ill, but you know he had the flu, and he he makes mention of it uh, in one of the versions in, the, in this episode that he kind of had to get his voice back. So we kind of delayed it from then. Um, after that, Skype decided to absolutely reject PowerGramo as a recording software, and this isn't just me. I, I know Michael Bailey had mentioned this in Views of the Long Box. Um, I believe in other in other instances, uh, and Dustin the Batman Universe had had a time doing it too. Uh, like uh, several podcasts and several podcasters have had trouble recording Powergrama with Skype. It's just been terrible. I thought I was clever enough to kind of you know supersede that and work my way through that. Um, I I had guessed on some shows. I was obviously on Spider-Man Crawl Space, and I was on BTO this past month recording uh, on other people's shows, and it worked fine. So I figured, okay. If um, if other people call me and I, I record, then it's just fine. And that did work for a little bit. Basically, when we, we record this episode about initially about five days ago, and the email section was absolutely fine. The email section was perfect. That original email section of the recording is fine. Once I got to the synopsis, it just started to just sputter and die. And that episode was totally unusable. The entire recording of us talking about the Boo Saga which I thought was actually pretty good, was basically worthless. So I had to, after swearing loudly, find a new recording software um, and get Jesse back online to re-discuss the Boo Saga. Now, as I'm, re as I'm recording this intro and once this episode drops, it is two days until Christmas. Uh, we both have jobs. I have two jobs. Jesse has a very busy job. Um, we, I have lots of shopping to still do. And we have a lot of time that we cannot dedicate to this podcast, so we kind of had to be a bit more curt with this episode than we would have liked to have done. And it's a shame because the original episode was about an hour and a half long, and it was pretty. I thought it was a, it was a keeper. It was pretty detailed in um, our discussion on the Boo Saga, Jesse's take on the original anime, the new characters, and the new setting. We basically, when we re-recorded, we basically hit up the main points. I'm not sure if there was anything that we discussed before that we missed. There was a longer discussion on Bulma smoking, <laughs> uh, which was probably worthless anyway. But um, what you're about to hear is the combination of the original recording and this current recording. We Jesse and I just literally got done recording this version, of the, the the back half of it, version of the episode. So bear with us on this one. I mean, I, I, I think it's workable. I hope you enjoy it. I don't think it's bad. But uh, just uh, understand that, like, this was not at all easy to record, and I hope that you appreciate what we did get out for you. I'll come back at the end to address some um, uh, comments uh, on the Facebook page, 
And um, until then, I hope you enjoy listening to episode 24 of The Next Dimension. Now's your chance! It was a moment that shook the earth when a brave young boy stepped into his father's shoes and put an end to the evil creation known as Cell. That was several years ago. Thanks to the sacrifice of a hero named Goku and the great courage of his son, the Earth's future has been redirected and its people have a new chance at keeping the peace. And in many ways, that chance has not been wasted. These last few years have been calm and prosperous as the entire world was reminded of how precious peace can be. Of course, it never takes long for that lesson to be forgotten. You're listening to The Next Dimension, Dragon Ball Z Episode 200. Quote, Seven years since then, starting today, I'm a high school student. 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 Hi there, ho there, hello! Welcome back to the Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. As always, I'm your host, Donovan Morgan Grant, and as always, I'm joined by my friend and co-host, Mr. Jesse Garretts. Season's greetings, guys. Season's greetings. It's been a long time since I've said that. <laughs> uh, yes, this is our uh, December podcast. Uh, in fact, this is this this. I think this marks the two-year anniversary that we've been doing this show. Now that I remember it, because we started in two- December of 2011. We're still alive. <laughs> Um, how you been, Jesse? It's, it's been a bit of a while since we recorded last time. Um, are any specific changes in your life? Anything going on? Uh, yeah, that, that delay is my fault. I came down with a cold, and, um, I didn't want to record with a subpar voice, or no voice, as I had for about a week. So, um, we kind of got pushed back, but we got an episode out before the end of the year, so. so. Oh, yeah, it's 
responsibility. And again, like I mentioned, I mentioned in the last couple of episodes that these things happen. There's no real rush to, uh, you know, in case life gets in the way, there's no real impetus to treat the podcast as more important than life itself. Although, hopefully, to your listeners, it is. Yes. So. <laughs> um, excellent. Um, how is um, how are your uh, holiday preparations going? Because mine are have yet to start and i mean we have like five days until christmas <laughs> uh pretty good i uh i plan on putting up a christmas tree on christmas eve um Ooh. so that's gonna be kind of late later than i typically do but uh I, i'm gonna enjoy just hanging out with the family and uh watching my little kids in the, in the family nephews and nieces and cousins open gifts and get into that i'm at that age now where being with the family is truly more important than what you get and gifts and, uh, and yeah. buying things. Absolutely, totally agree. Yeah, for all you kids out there, once you once you reach a certain age, you realize the more important things in life aren't exactly the the latest. Um, what are the kids into these days? Tonka trucks or <laughs> radio flyers? Yeah, or the new Crossfire board game. <laughs> yeah, world. Um. So for a bit of that uh, non sequitur, it's time to read some emails. Uh, obviously, this is the start of us going over the Boo Saga. I know a lot of you have been waiting for this, uh, considering the comments we've made in leading up to the Boo Saga. And um, as I'll mention during the review, this marks a, a, a Spartan change from the usual Dragon Ball fare um, in terms of how the series is so far. This is also the last major arc in the original Dragon Ball series. Uh, and Dragon Ball Z, obviously. So um, there's going to be some interesting stuff to talk about, and um, I'm certainly looking forward to getting to the final arc in Toriyama's original uh, manga. But before we get into that, as I've mentioned before, we have some emails, and uh, Jesse shall read the bulk of them. I'll pop in here or there. But uh, our first email is from an old favorite, Mr. Adam Trimboth from New Zealand. What does he say, Jesse? He starts off, Hey guys, it's me again. Yes, the Goku Super Saiyan 3 theme, my favorite bit of DBZ music. I enjoy it so much that I even made myself a custom ringtone for my phone. I'm sure people must wonder why I take so long to answer the phone. I've had <laughs> ringtones like that before. I don't have much feedback on the movies, just to say you got to have Mr. Yarborough back for the next set. He was a perfect addition. Just got to pat myself on the back for the suggestions many episodes ago. I, yes. I agree. Uh Yarbrough was a great addition to the show. He was indeed. Uh, thank you, Adam. It was it was thanks to you that we we had ever had the idea. But, um, no, yeah, Daniel was great, and um, I would absolutely uh, love for him to come back on whenever. Of course, of course, we want to make it a special episode. We don't want to, you know, bring him back on a filler episode where I don't know, go on gets his haircut or something. So uh, we shall see where the future takes us. But um, hopefully, if Daniel's still listening, unless he's had enough of us. Uh, yeah, anytime, anytime you're ready, man, uh, we'd love to have you back. It continues, I'm very excited to hear the start of the Boo Saga. I love the character of Pecan. 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 I mean, Vegeta, I assumed Pecan would be, you know, legit. Oh, crap. Well, it's, it's, that's, that's, you know, I just got that. That's probably the pun. Thanks a lot, Toriyama. <laughs> it's, oh, we'll talk about puns later. It's oh, yeah. just a shame they don't use him often. I also think it's going to be interesting to hear what Jesse thinks of the show now that he's going to be getting the full-on uncut version of DBZ. You better fix yourself a sandwich. We got some powering up to do. <laughs> oh, yes. P.S. Don't worry about apologizing about late podcasts. It's not a big deal because we all know that you that we will come out of that will come out eventually. You guys have the determination to keep going. We can tell from your passion and your voices. 
Plus, being DBZ fans, waiting for things to happen is kind of our thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much, Alex. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, No, yeah. I'm I'm interested to hear what Jesse thinks about uh, the original version of the Boo Saga. Specifically, the version that we watched, which was the uncut original Funimation version. So it's dubbed as uncut, but it's also like... The original Toonami made voices, which were uh, not as um, not as adult oriented as Kai Kai's uncut version was. So there'll be a lot to talk about later on. I'm interested to see what Jesse thinks. It's uh, we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> what does Jesse think? Our next email is from Mr. Christopher Stokes. Hey guys, my name is Chris, and I live in Colorado. I just became an avid listener to your awesome podcast, and I listened in today to the November 9th podcast. Yamcha as D-Man, Goku as Superman, I agree that's a given since I was like 10 years old, and even now I still agree. Same with Piccolo as Batman, that's a given. Krillin as Spider-Man, note, <laughs> while I was listening, I was in the middle of smoking a Colorado Happy Soup Smoke Bowl. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was no question, Krillin is pretty much is the Eastern Spider-Man, and Gohan is Spider-Man and pretty much is pretty much an insult to both characters. That's Krillin. <laughs> Gohan is hands down as Dick Grayson, which is Robin number one. Young Gohan equals young Dick Grayson. End of Cell Saga Gohan equals Red Robin. Every's pretty much become Red Robin one time or another. (laughs) It's true. Dick Grayson equals Nightwing. All Boo Saga plus... Wait, what? I think it's like saying like uh, Gohan and the Boo Saga is Nightwing. The formatting is a a bit uh, insular, but uh, we can make sense of it. Oh, and I think it may just be the way um, it's chopped up in here. Okay. Right. Dick Grayson Nightwing all equals all Boo Saga and plus Dick Grayson. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Goten equals Tim Drink, Robin number three. Boo Saga Trunks, Damian Wayne. Future Cell Trunks, Jason Todd. Hmm. But mostly Red Hood. Master Roshi would be Deadpool's personality mixed with Nick Fury. What? <laughs> wow. Um, that, I, I don't, hmm. hmm. Just a couple off the top of my head, but light the, t- the topic. Great job. Keep it up, Christopher. Uh, I'm just taking the time to imagine Master Roshi and Deadpool in a comic together. I think only smoking a bow could get you that combination. <laughs> that's that's inspired. Actually, I actually really like the idea that Trunks is Damian Wayne. That actually, like, like little Trunks. That, uh. That is that is inspired casting. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, I, th- I think the, the the future Trunks as Jason Todd is an interesting uh, uh, combination. These are pretty much all the Batman characters, which I appreciate considering I'm a Batman fan. Um, You're thank a whole you very lot of Robins. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much, Chris. The next one is from our old pal Alex Evangeli. I hope I'm still pronouncing that right. Dear Don and Jesse, I must give you guys a big thank you on three counts due to your movie coverage episodes. First off, you prompted me to rewatch most of the films you covered, and as such, I realized just how awesome Movie 9 was, and it's now possibly my favorite of all the films. Second of all, your discussions about Movie 8 gave me a new appreciation of that too. Whilst I don't think it's the best movie or even my personal favorite, I think it's the quintessential, quintessential DBZ movie, one of, the, one of the ones that jumps to mind immediately when you think DBZ movie. Hmm. Finally, your coverage saved my life during a two-and-a-half-hour drive I had to do when I was stuck in traffic. Awesome. <laughs> a few things to say about the movie, if I may. The first thing 
is that I believe the theory of why Brawley's hair is so weird in movie 8 is because the restraining device is suppressing his power, and that combined with his weird biology in the first place warped his hair color. That makes sense. I mean, I, I could... I can buy that. I mean, uh, I'm not sure. I keep on actually forgetting that, like, he had that restraining thing on, but he did. Once it was off, he did bulk out. So that makes much as much sense as it can. The second thing is that on a much earlier episode, I think Don mentioned that there was a rumor we heard before we saw the Frieza saga about how Goku and Vegeta would team up to beat Frieza. Well, since this never happened in the main canon, do you guys think that rumor might have originated from movie six, since they're basically on Namek? Cooler is Frieza's brother and resemble and resembles him and Goku and Vegeta do indeed team up to beat him up. I yeah, I would, I would imagine so. Uh again, there was a lot of rumor in the in the 90s there was a ton of rumors as to what, you know, American fans thought would happen in Japan, but that that pro- that's probably that is probably how it started, especially uh in terms of the internet back then where like, you know, we would see images but we didn't know what they mean. So, I would imagine so, yeah. So there was a rumor that Frieza would come back and they team up to beat him. I remember Hearing that, like, oh, the the way that Freeze is defeated is that Goku and Vegeta like both team up and attack him, and, and that's after well, the movie came out. Like, well, like like in the original Freeze saga, it's like once Vegeta is brutally murdered by Frieza, I'm like, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> something's wrong here. So that 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 didn't come to pass. I mean, there's a lot of like, again, like this, like around 10, 15 years ago, the way characters would you know fight or die or be defeated was always like, it was always. I don't know. It, it was it was always very very like inaccurate. There was very a few times, unless you really knew somebody who, knew, who watched the series in the original Japanese version, that you would hear an inaccurate uh, ex- explanation as to what happens in the later series. Like I don't know. I remember like 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 oh, Vegeta and Trunks team up to beat Cell or something like that. Like that that doesn't happen. So, you know. Hmm. Interesting. Fan theories all the way. Oh yes. <laughs> also wanted to throw in a few more suggestions about my DBC and Marvel DC characters question from last month in looking at some of the characters you could say that trunks is kind of like x-man or cable due to his time travel and being the future kids of established characters i'd also say cell is kind of like amazo being an android as well as super scroll since all three have abilities from other characters finally blackheart is a bit like the main villain from movie 12 but i won't give any spoilers for jesse uh actually i can agree with all those i i think i actually made or thought the uh Similarity between Trunks and X Men before, maybe because it's just the jacket. Yeah, I I I really liked X Men back when he was a character, <laughs> and I I can easily see it. Yeah, especially with like the, especially I think when like Joe Matadura drew him, he had the kind of spiky hair. It looked a lot like him. I agree. And uh, n- nice call on the uh, Amazo Cell connection as well. <clears throat> I've just got two questions this month. If that is okay. Yes, it is okay. <laughs> Number one, last month I asked you about the broadcast history of Dragon Ball in America. But I think I was a bit unclear about what I meant. I was asking, like, in what order did the three main shows get shown in? Here in the UK, we got DBZ, then GT, then Dragon Ball. Was that the case in America? Uh, not not exactly, but it was a bit uh, uh, befuddled. Um, now, I do know that Dragon Ball Z originally aired earlier than it aired at Toonami. Like, Toonami picked it up, like, a year later. But essentially, we got Dragon Ball Z... And then um, uh, Funimation dubbed Dragon Ball, so Dragon Ball was airing. I think, I think, I think they started airing Dragon Ball halfway through the Android Saga, 
but I, I'm pretty sure that's that's what would happen. I, I do remember taping the episodes and watching Dragon Ball around the time that Trunks came back to fight the androids with with the Z Fighters, and obviously GT definitely aired after they finished their Dr- Dragon Ball Z run, and I believe. Dragon Ball was on its way out near the end of its uh, series when they first started uh, airing GT. I know that like some of the Dragon Ball movies that we probably won't be covering on the show were dubbed by a different co- different uh, company. I believe it was um uh uh what is the it's uh, Harmony Gold. I, b- I believe Harmony Gold dubbed some of the Dragon Ball movies, but the series itself. As far as I'm aware, it wasn't dubbed by Funimation until halfway through the Android Saga. So it was essentially Dragon Ball Z, then Dragon Ball, then GT. Hope that helps you out. So they, I guess with the success of DBZ, they just brought uh, Dragon Ball over to U.S. audiences? Oh, yeah. And, and I wasn't surprised when they did that. It was only a matter of time because Dragon Ball Z was huge. Um, and it was always, again, like I think we... We knew of uh, Dragon Ball, but you know we didn't see any of this stuff happen. So when they did do it, we could actually finally see it see it go down. Interesting. The second question is: Have you guys heard about this book called Dragon Ball Z? It's over nine thousand. When worlds view collide, when world world views collide, by Derek Podula. It's a really great essay book analyzing over nine thousand memes and using it to delve into the series as a whole, especially Vegeta and Goku's different worldviews. If you don't know about it, check it out. I don't think it's too pricey. Thanks for no, all that I, now. Regards, Alex Evan Invangeli. I did not know that. It sounds awesome. Not. That sounds fantastic. Um, I it's, a, it's probably too late to ask for that for Christmas, but um, I'll have to check that out. I really have never, especially with with like the dying the dying nature of bookstores. I've not really seen that around, but um, I'm definitely going to look into that as, as soon as uh, this episode gets out. Alex uh, writes back with an even funnier email that uh, Jesse shall read out. Dear Don and Jesse, I apologize for sending you a second email in this same month, but this news seems so weird that I thought you guys at the Next Dimension might be interested. I just discovered in Spain that there is an actual religion founded to Goku called <laughs> Gokunism, or the Church of Goku. Here's the link. Hope you guys find it interesting. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh yes. No, okay, okay, I didn't know about this, but like the idea of this makes me laugh. Oh God, can you imagine? Gokuism, the church, of, the church of Goku. And I'm on the link right now where uh, they're using the um, the um, the Buu Saga end theme image of Goku as an angel. Oh my God. <laughs> this is great. Uh, I'll let me read out some some quotes. Um, Gokuism is the belief that principles of Dragon Ball provide mor- a moral compass for one's life. And that Goku is an ideal role model and moralistic person. By some definitions, it implies that Goku provides personal, global, and universal salvation. I mean, uh, if Jedi can be its own religion, why not? You know? Oh, yes. Um, oh, they have, they have a link to the uh, Over 9000 book I see over here. Um, I mean, I'm not really one to, to uh, critique uh, one's uh, religion, but um, the idea that like there's a religion started from Goku is inherently funny to me. <laughs> I'm scrolling down. There's a comparison to him and Jesus Christ, parallels to Dragon Ball and Christianity. This actually is very, very long and very, very interesting. I'm sure, but um, it's very thought out. <laughs> indeed, indeed, it is. We might have to come back to this later on. <laughs> we do have some episodes and more emails to talk about, but uh, for now, uh, everyone go to um the Dow of Dragon Ball dot com and look, search out uh Gokuism dash the Church of Goku for some hilarity and interesting um. Interesting information. Absolutely. 
so th- thank you very much for that, Alex. Thank you very, very much. Our next that email. warrants a second email. When something like that comes up, we we need to hear about it. Absolutely, yeah. That, I mean, don't don't worry about sending as many emails as you want to. As long as you're giving us primary information like that, the Church of Goku. <laughs> awesome. The Dow of Dragon Ball. Um, Luke Forney emailed us uh, asking Jesse for his thoughts on his emails, but he also asked a question. Uh, about the Boo Saga, which gets into spoiler territory, so we'll table that for now. But thank you very much for your email, Luke. Uh, our next email is from Mr. James Moore, which I shall read out. James says, <clears throat> Hello, hello again, Jesse and Don. It's your good friend James. Considering when you considering when you get my email, I hope, I hope you both have a great Thanksgiving, or had a great Thanksgiving. Before getting to my ratings about the movies out first, I'd like to say I'm sorry for all my spoilers after re-listening and listening to the episode. I noticed that I may have split a few things both on the Cell and upcoming Boosaka. For that, I am truly sorry. <laughs> you're ba- you're wrong and you should feel wrong, James. Nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Now for my ratings on the movies. First, The Return of Cooler. I like the idea of Cooler getting revenge on his brother. It could have just been done better. I would give it 3 out of 7. Super Android 13. Basically, the whole Android version of The Call... With Vegeta's hair, but all in all, I still enjoy it. 4 out of 7. As for the legendary Super Saiyan, this is one of my favorite DBZ movies. I love this movie, but you guys did bring up something I never realized. Brawly's reason to kill Goku is a little dumb. But it is what it is, and everybody is fighting, and Vegeta is having his man period. <laughs> and <I like> that. <laughs> oh god. I like how Piccolo grabs him by the hair and tells him to get off his ass and stop being a little girl. I just love that scene. Overall, I give it 7 out of 7. And Bojack Unbound, I like how you guys said maybe the only DBZ movie where you can tell where in the saga this, this happens. I also agree that the Bojack wasn't a-hole for pushing the only other female fighter in the way of a blast. At the end, I give the movie 4 out of 7. Well, that's all I have for you guys. Until next time, your buddy James Moore. P.S. Don, if it wouldn't be too much to ask, would you mind, once you start coverage of the Boo Saga, would you mind reading a spoiler alert about the Boo Saga if, that, if that's not too much... To ask, happy holidays from your friend James Moore. Um, I tend to spoil as much as is absolutely necessary. So, uh, I I I I have my mind on what what uh should be spoiler tagged and what shouldn't be. So don't worry about that. And after that, it is uh, another email from our friend Mr. Rich Born. Holy crap! It's almost Thanksgiving and I still haven't sent my Zmail. I really need to pri- I really need to prioritize the smoke-filled haze I call an existence. <laughs> Congratulations on two years of DBZ with little to no filler. That is a testament if I ever saw one. Hard to believe last year you guys were still covering Goku versus Frieza. Mm. And now here we are, arguably one of the most divisive sagas in Dragon Ball. I don't think this saga starts very well with Gohan and his alter ego gallivanting about, only making 10-year-old Rich wonder when the hell we'd see that fat pink guy Junami kept teasing. <laughs> It is too bad Kai is only now doing this, but I think it is best for Jesse to see how slowly everything takes to happen. This saga is actually longer than Freeze's. And even if it is the most tongue-in-cheek of them, I will say that when the action gets rolling, it reminds me of why it's still one of the most badass shows I grew up on. An aspect of the show I've come to enjoy as I get older is seeing what everyone is up to after the time skips, especially with Chi-Chi. In this case, it has the most drastic change to the status quo, but the main characters still feel like they did way back when Raditz rolled up on Kame House and dropped Goku. 
In fact, Yamcha is the only Z fighter that said, screw this, I am done. <laughs> of the next dimension. Thank you very much, Rich. Um, again, we're going to get into like what Jesse thinks about the original series and the, the intro to the Boo Saga. Um, and again, yeah, thank you for the uh, uh, congratulations on the two years that we've been doing this show. Um, one would think that we're nearly done, but uh, as you mentioned, the Boo Saga is... I don't know if it's... A, is it the longest saga? It might be the longest saga, which is weird considering like like the time skip and everything but um you will definitely get into it yeah it's weird to think that last year we were covering frieza still it seems like we took a very very large or it's not like we've we've gone so far away from that right it's like like based there, on what all has happened there used to be a time where super saiyans were a, a, a new thing and now it's you know it's another day at the office which it was only a matter of time where we was going to get that way but um Time flies, really. Our final email is from Tyler Nova. Nova uh, <laughs> okay, Tyler Novotny. I hope that's how you pronounce the name. Thank you very much for emailing Tyler. This is your first email, and it shall be read by Jesse. Hi, this is Tyler. <laughs> and this is my first time emailing into the show. I have just started listening to the podcast as of two weeks ago, and haven't stopped listening to the show since. And it has gotten to the point where I don't listen to music anymore at school. This is all I listen to now. Awesome. Good boy. Weird. I, just, I can't I, – I'm, I'm kind of sorry that you have to hear this much of me. <laughs> but you get to hear this much of Don, which is always awesome. Uh, th- 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 I, I, I'm of the opposite opinion, but to each his own. <laughs> I wanted to ask a question. Who do you guys think has the best entrance or transformation in the series? Personally, I love seeing Ultimate Mystic Gohan because he seemed like a completely different person – and I liked that change for him. Also, I wanted to know your opinion about if DBZ, if the DBZ show could make a series based on Trunks' universe. I could go over how Trunks fights, Maj- fight, Trunks fights Majin Buu. Who knows, maybe he gets the Z Fighters from that timeline we know to join the fight. Also, they made a game about this for the PSP, I think. Hmm. Well, thanks for listening and keep up the great work because I will be here till it ends. Thank you very much, Tyler. Um... I, I think I may have heard about that, that PSP game, but I'm not uh, entirely sure. I've obviously never played it. It's interesting. What, what would you think? Well, I mean, like, we've, we have so little reference now because the Boo Saga has barely started. We've not even seen Boo yet. But um, would you would you care to see, like, a more adventures of uh, Future Chunks in his own timeline, Jesse? Do you think? Oh, definitely. Um, whether or not it could sustain, uh, sustain a whole series, I don't know. But definitely a, a movie or a like a mini series kind of kind of situation. I think he's actually I would say that Chunks is a bit more deserving of a uh, another movie or special than B- Bardock was. And again, I, I don't dis- I like Bardock as a character but like the episode of Bardock was such a non sequitur of a story that I think Chunks has a better uh ven- Chunks has a better venue for stories than Bardock does. So I think that like another special would be kind of cool. That'll be that'll be welcome. Yeah, and he's tied. He's tied more into the rest of the show. Indeed, That's he funny. is. Yes. Um, oh, uh, Tyler did email back with a quick question asking. He says, "This is the first podcast I've ever listened to, and I want to thank you for putting a podcast together that really connects with me." You're most welcome. Also, are you going to cover the new game coming out called Dragon Ball Z Battle of Z? Uh, that is the new. <laughs> that is the uh, new game that they're advertising. That was um, the first one in two years for some reason. And um, it's, it includes the characters from uh, Battle of Gods. 
we don't typically, as of now, we're not really set to review the games, although Jesse's definitely brought up the idea that we might later on, and I'm not opposed to it. Um, uh, so once we hit Battle of Gods in our reviews, we might uh, we might take a look at it. So be on the lookout <laughs> for that. The, the only thing keeping me from reviewing or mentioning the games uh, is actually getting the games. <laughs> Just because, yeah, um, especially some of the older games, the Budokai games, they're still relatively pricey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, about thirty, forty dollars, which I mean isn't brand new game price, but still a lot to drop. Yeah, though, like, like the Budokai games uh, came out like ten years ago, and they're they're not they're uh they're not dropped down in price at all somehow. Yeah, and like uh, I mean, I love playing video games, but it would just be a matter of getting it and then having enough time to properly kind of get 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 a feel for it. But I, I do have all all intents and purposes to get to our uh, desire to get it done. I just just kind of a, a time thing, really. Yeah, I think if we had if we had like the time and, and means to do so, we would absolutely like to just you know play games because they're fun. They're they're really fun, uh, especially the the Japanese games and like the the latest games that they come out with now. I think have actually been really good. Like back then in the '90s uh, when the games were only in, in Japan, they're basically straight up fighter like 2D fighter games. Now the technology is such where you can fly around, you can knock people into buildings and stuff. You can have your clothes damaged. You can like they really immerse you in the Dragon Ball Z experience, which is excellent because that's why we watch the show so so um you know i mean we have a long ways to go before actually at the end of our, our series so there's plenty of time to think about it and consider it and we're we're not really against reviewing anything except for dragon ball evolution and even then we'll probably get to that sooner or later so uh be on the lookout for that so that's the end of the emails thank you for everyone who's emailed back to us and emailed for the first time uh hope uh this podcast continues to make you guys want to talk to us uh, that was very awkwardly said, but uh, never mind. I'll just move swiftly along. So we're going to get into the Boo Saga finally, but before then, we're going to give you a mandatory promo to listen to and check out some other podcasts. So uh, we shall be right. His strength is incredible. His name is legendary. His battle is never ending. Faster than a speedy bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. My name is Michael Bailey, and I host an internet radio show called Views from the Longbox. Superman is my favorite character of all time, and in 2013, he is turning 75. Because of this, a large portion of the episodes this year will be about the Man of Steel, in a series I'm calling Superman Superman at 75, 75. the celebration Celebration of a legend. I'm going to mark Superman's birthday in fine style by examining all aspects of the character's history, from the comics, to the movies, to the television series, and beyond, both alone and with the best and brightest of the podcasting world. It may not be every episode, but the bulk of views in 2013 will be all about the Man of Steel. He is the first and greatest superhero of them all, and he deserves no less. Superman at 75. The Celebration of a Legend. A series within a series, and the biggest birthday card a fan can give, 
his favorite hero. Only at Views from the Long Box. Views from the Long Box is a Fortress of Bailey-Tude production. New episodes drop every other Tuesday over at www.viewsfromthelongbox.com and for this series over at www.supermanpodcastnetwork.com. You! Tell me who did this. It hardly looks like police work. Oh, I I guess I wasn't looking. I can't believe I missed it. I should have stopped them. Oh, hey, Videl. I was wondering when you'd show up. Wasn't that golden fighter incredible? A golden fighter? Explain. You mean you really didn't see him? He was some kind of freakish superhuman. Boy, saw him knocked on a truck by yelling at it. Actually, I assumed he was a buddy of yours since you went to your high school. Huh? Yeah, he had a badge just like that one on his shirt. All the kids at school have to wear this thing. Well, if he really goes there, I will find him. We are back. Before I get into the synopsis, uh, if you're following our Facebook page, you'll know that like we've had a terrible time recording this episode. Not so much the recording itself. Uh, once we got the timing right and once we got our schedules lined up, it was fine. But the recording software themselves itself it kind of just betrayed us so it's a few days later and we have to re-record um basically this part of the episode um so i'm gonna do something a little bit differently for the synopsis i will basically run through the episode a bit quicker than i usually do hitting up the main beats we will elaborate more in our review and um especially when it comes to the filler episodes in the middle um i'll just basically give you know very 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 brief uh highlights and basically get to the important stuff so, this episode won't really, or hopefully won't be the start of a new trend. This is just for the the sake of this recording because we're on a bit of a time crunch. But don't worry because we still aim to give you quality podcasting. So, without further ado, let's get started. This begins seven years after the events of the Cell game. Um, we have a brief flashback including showing what happened between uh, Gohan and Cell. And, um, and, and he spot, the, the narrator exposes that... Basically, the entire world has has achieved the peace that they were hoping for when they when they defeated Cell. Um, one city in particular has been named renamed Satan City because, uh, unfortunately, even though Gohan killed Cell, Mister Satan's the one who gets the credit. So he's treated as a hero. He has total dominion over this entire city, and they renamed everything after him, from the city to a local bank. And that bank <laughs> just happens to <laughs> that bank just happens to be Rob at this point. So, um, as we see a bunch of thugs basically, you know, holding it up and shooting up the place, we see uh, a tall, black-haired young man riding the Nidmus Cloud. This is Son Gohan after after the seven-year time skip, and he's on his way to high school. But as he flies, or once he jumps off of uh, uh, the Nimbus Cloud, he starts running towards his school, but finds that the bank is uh, under attack. And he mentions that the the Satan City, you know, for all of its greatness in terms of um, for all its greatness in terms of however Mr. Satan likes to say it is, in, in that, that he protects it, it has a rather high crime rate. So um, Gohan goes into Super Saiyan mode just to hide his identity and attacks the the crime robbers, the crime robbers, bleh, the bank robbers, uh, taking them out really easily. Once he turns back into normal Gohan, he is approached by a rather abrasive young girl and 
black-haired pigtails. She says, what happened here? This obviously isn't the, the result of the police. And he says, oh, I don't know, and runs away. Um, a nearby bystander says that, like, the, the person who uh, defeated the bank robbers was someone that everyone's calling the Golden Fighter, and that he assumes that he was um, at this girl's school because uh, this girl is named Vedel, and he was wearing the same um, Orange Star insignia that students at Orange Star High School wear. So she figures that he must go to his school, and she will find out who he is. So we cut to her in her classroom, and we're introduced to her, Vidal's uh, classmates. <laughs> I'll use the joke again. Liz Allen and Flash Thompson, because they provide those those uh, Spider-Man roles, um, as they're talking about the new Golden Fighter. But then, class is in- interrupted through the introduction of their new student, son Gohan. Gohan, who's been... Um, Given he basically he's basically given the explanation that he's passed a lot of correspondence tests at home, and he's transferring to a public high school for the first time. Uh, they, they all make fun of him because he's a gigantic nerd. Throughout the entire time, Videl's keeping her eye on him, recognizing that he she talked to him earlier at the scene of the crime uh, where the bank robbers were foiled. So the new characters Erasa and Sharpner kind of make their they kind of size up Gohan. Sharpner thinks he's a tool because well Sharpner's a tool, but he thinks Gohan's a nerd because you know he's Touted as being very smart. A race is immediately attracted to him because she is. And um, Videl basically accuses Gohan of being the Golden Fire because uh, the Golden Fire was described wearing the same clothes that Gohan is. But Gohan says, no, my hair's not gold, and it will never be gold. Not now, nor ever. At that point, uh, throughout the class, we're given the information that Videl is Mr. Satan's daughter. And, dum, dum, um, dum. Shock and awe. And... Um, uh, throughout, throughout history courses, we learned that Mr. Satan has basically taken over the, the town. Not taken over, I say taken over, but they basically uh, claim that he is their hero. So um, we cut to their gym class. Everyone's basically getting ready to play baseball. Gohan has no idea how to play baseball, and neither do I because I'm, <laughs> I'm not a great fan of the sport. Um, we don't do sports very well. Now, this, this is a Dragon Ball podcast. We're all about the anime here. Yeah. So, uh, Gohan's touted to be on Videl's team because I guess he got last pick. Everyone thinks he's a skinny nerd who can't do anything, and Videl even thinks he's a nerd. Once, uh, the long-haired guy Sharpner basically is up to bat and knocks Videl's pitch out of the park, Gohan jumps up in the air and grabs it like eight, eight meters off of the ground. Like he's, he's in the middle of the sky. And he, uh, throws it to, to, uh, home plate, and the guy barely is able to catch the ball without being knocked over. Although he is knocked over. And um, everyone's basically staring at Gohan in disbelief. No one, you know, does the obvious thing and rather than question him about it. They're just kind of, you know, in shock and awe. So uh, Gohan's up to bat, and he um, knocks the ball, as you would imagine. Oh, no, he doesn't knock the ball. I'm sorry. I'm already getting this mixed up. Um, Sharpner wants to kind of intimidate Gohan by pitching the ball right at his head so he'll dodge it and he'll be a wimp. Gohan, still not sure how to play the game, just takes the ball straight in the face. And everyone's horrified. But Gohan doesn't have a scratch on him. He barely knows how to react. So <clears throat> so he just uh, takes the bat and, runs to, and takes, his, uh, takes his place at first. At the end of the day, uh, Sharpner figures that, you know, he's not all that bad of a guy. So he invites him to the boxing team where, with hard luck and training, he will be a strong fighter. <laughs> but um, Arisa, wanting his D, <laughs> says, oh, no, Gohan's going to walk me home. That's what he's going to be doing. But um, Gohan says that he lives like 500 miles away where Mount Powell's is, and he basically escapes them. But all the the entire time, Videl is sort of 
following him, watching him, wondering what is up with this guy. He's clearly not normal. Gohan notices this and manages to ditch her by jumping on top of a building and flying away the Nimbus Cloud, saying high school really is weird. So in the next episode, uh, Gohan figures out that he has to be able to use his abilities without, you know, causing much suspicion. So he goes over to Bulma asking if she has an idea. Bulma says, oh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 know, I know the perfect solution. You become a crime fighter, and, you know, I'll make you a, a special costume. So while she's doing that, uh, Gohan runs into Baby Trunks. Baby Trunks, after seven years, has grown up to eight-year-old Trunks. And um, we learn through uh, Bulma's exposition that uh, basically the entire time of Trunks' life, Vegeta's been training him to defeat Gohan, or at least be stronger than him. Uh, then Vegeta walks into the room, and we see that Vegeta's not really aged at all, and um, has, has you know, grown accustomed to living with Bulma and Trunks. And um, look, takes one look at Gohan and says, you know, you need to keep in shape. Don't ever, you know be soft during times of peace. So Vegeta's still there, and he's, he's not nearly as evil as he used to be, although he's still kind of gruff. He's still a dick. He's still a dick. Uh, so uh, eventually Bulma says that Gohan's new costume is ready, and she gives him a watch to basically, uh, it's kind of like the Flash Ring if you're a DC Comics fan, uh, where one press of a switch, and Gohan's immediately engulfed in these wacky, crazy costume clothes. It is a, a black leotard, green tunic with a belt, White gloves, white boots, a long flowing red cape, and an orange bug-like uh, helmet, which <laughs> which reminds me of Mass Rider, right? Yes, that was my first thought. Exactly. Basically, like like into your uh, Super Sentai fighter here, but I think of Mass Rider when I think of this. Gohan thinks this is awesome, like the the best thing he's ever been given. Trunks is not as impressed because Trunks initially Trunks wanted, wanted a costume until seeing this one. Exactly. He was he was like. Yeah, Mom, maybe one. Now he's like, uh, actually, Mom, never mind. So Gohan's jazz now that he's become a superhero. So he's, he races home, but as he's flying over the city, he realizes that there's a, um, a speed chase going on. Basically, the reckless driver is speeding across the highway or the main road. So he uh, flies right in front of them. They start yelling at him. He says, who do you think you are? So Gohan's like, I don't, I haven't come up with a superhero name yet. So he does some wacky posing, says he is the defender of justice, and calls himself the Great Saiyaman. They all laugh at him because that's a redonkulous name. But uh, Gohan's like, I thought really hard of that name. And, you know, stomps his foot onto the ground in anger. So they're intimidated and says, okay, okay, we're sorry. We won't drive recklessly again. So Gohan, or should I say Saiyaman, is impressed with that. So he flies home. So uh, we see Chi-Chi, you know, a little older after the seven-year time skip. And Gohan's telling her about his day. And then we see a little boy hauling a gigantic fish uh, over his back as though it were nothing. This boy is, uh, he looks just like Goku, should it be said. He is Gohan's little brother, Goten. And apparently, he was born in between the seven years, uh, that, after Goku died, uh, until now. Um, and we're basically left to assume that, like, Goku and Gohan, 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 Jesus Christ. <laughs> Goku and Chi-Chi. <laughs> I should probably cut that out. <laughs> Alright, let me slow down. Basically, basically during the 10 years, or, god damn, the 10 days before the Cell game, when Goku and Chi-Chi and Gohan were all relaxing, uh, Goku and Chi-Chi specifically uh, had some downtime, and that's where we're supposed to assume that uh, Goten's conception was born. Goten is Gohan's little brother, um, and he, he's, he's one of those characters that actually does act his age, you know, being very, very young, he's like about six, six or seven years old. Stays at home, and he's he's very very um he looks up to Gohan a lot, which is pretty cute. 
He also looks exactly like Goku, if I've mentioned it before. Although, if you go back to Dragon Ball, he's a lot thinner than Goku was. Goku was a fat little kid. So, with the next day at school, um, everyone's talking about the, the new superhero on the scene, the great singing man, but Gohan corrects him as the great Saiyan man. When all of a sudden, uh, Videl, has, who has a watch of her own, a Dick Tracy watch, as it were, uh, gets a call from the cops saying that there's a um, highway robbery or a uh, carjacking. So, she has the permission of the teacher to, to run out of the classroom and, and try to stop them. And Gohan's like, what's the big deal? Eraser and Sharpener say that because she's Mr. Satan's daughter, she's actually an amateur crime fighter herself, and she's almost as strong as Mr. Satan, and she's always fighting crime. Gohan immediately remembers how well Mr. Satan did during the Cell game, i.e. not at all. So he uh, begs his excuse to leave the classroom and jump into action as the Great Saiyan Man. During the hijacking, which, uh, which is a bus full of elderly people who don't really mind getting robbed by a bunch of crooks, um, Videl jumps onto the scene, uh, via her Videl copter, and, uh, takes these guys down fairly easily. She beats them all up. Um, unfortunately, this, this distraction causes the driver to be distracted, and they fly right over a cliff. Everybody would die if it were not for the Great Saiyan Man. He flies in, and as over Superman in the movie, just, uh, single-handedly saves the entire group of, uh, hostages. So, uh, once they exit the bus, they're all thankful. Videl asks, so who are you? Who are you that saved our lives? So, uh, Gohan says, I am he who does not abide evil, the great defender of love and justice, the great Saiyan. And the, the entire time, he's doing very familiar posing. <laughs> and we'll get into that. Videl uh, <laughs> is a little taken aback by how lame this guy is. Uh, but before she says anything, Saiyan flies off saying, see you later, Videl. And she says, how does he know my name? Hmm. Who says he's going to win? Huh? huh? Who could possibly beat him? Yours truly, that's who. If you'll enter, I'll enter. <sighs> you were a lot stronger than me when we fought Cell. But while you've been hanging out in the library and going out on dates, I've been doing nothing but severe training the entire time. Yep, that's all you've been doing. I can vouch for that. How come you Saiyans can train all day long, but you can't mow the lawn or take out the trash? <sighs> Uh... This is cool! Dad and Gohan are gonna fight! Wow! I think I'll enter, too! Huh? huh? Gohan! <sighs> is that you, Dad? Please tell me that it's you! No way! Wow! Kakarot! It's you! Dad, it's really you! Hi, son. It's great to hear your voice again. Dad! Unbelievable! You're here! Where is he? Trunks, you haven't been telling Gohan the truth about his costume, have you? <laughs> this is great! Father, are you really coming back to compete in the World Championships? Yeah! I'm allowed to come back for one day. Baba checked it out for me. It appears I have a little credit. I'm excited! I can't wait to see everyone. Tell your mom that I'm coming back for a whole day! <laughs> Alright! Yes! He's flipped, Dad. No, son, his dad's coming back. Even I'm excited, Kakarot, at having another chance to defeat you. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I guess anything's possible. Miracles do happen. Miracles, huh? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> the next few episodes are a bit more of Gohan uh, having some hijinks at school. Though the next episode, uh, he thinks that a girl has learned her secret identity, and she blackmails him by saying, if you don't date me, then I'll tell everybody who you really are. Or not who you really are, but your big secret. 
um, this redhead girl named Angela. Um, through some hijinks, uh, it's revealed that she doesn't really know his secret identity. She just knows that he wears teddy bear pattern underwear. Uh, throughout this entire time, though, Videl still wants to figure out who the same man is and how he knows her. And she suspects Gohan pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, the next episode after that, essentially, uh, Go- Gohan and Videl basically run into each other often outside of classroom and inside a classroom. Videl thinks that the Great Saiyan Man is Gohan, although she doesn't really have any proof to back it up. And uh, at one point, the city is taken under siege by a new gang called the Red Shark Gang, who's led by a guy who looks like Nappa, but also looks like a guy from uh, Toriyama's uh, other manga works. Saiyan Man and Videl beat them up, and, and uh, throughout the entire time, uh, Videl learns to trust Saiyan more and more. Although once she gets back in classroom, once she gets back to class, a racer tells her that. Uh, Gohan left class right after she did to fight, fight crime, so she suspects Gohan even more. Lastly, there was a, an episode <laughs> during the filler uh, run where uh, Gohan and Goten's friend Dragon, not Dragon, Dinosaur, was kidnapped by a uh, amateur circus remaster. He's basically abusing him on television. Everybody can see that he's being abused, although they don't do anything about it. Uh, and Gohan can't convince the guy to let him go, so as Saiyan Man, he uh, releases the little dinosaur, and uh, they all assume that he's kidnapping the dinosaur. He can just, he's trying to explain to them, but he, they don't really care to listen to it. Madela tracks him down and says, ha ha, I knew you were, you know, going to show your true colors the entire time. And she tries to fight Saiyan, although Gohan doesn't want to hurt her because he's obviously way too strong for her. Eventually, as Gohan feared, the little dragon, I keep on saying the dragon, it's not Icarus. Thank God. I wish it were. Uh, I'm glad it's not. <laughs> but you know that's 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 our uh, that's our disagreement for the episode. Um, eventually, the dinosaur's parents fly into town and start wrecking havoc. Gohan is forced to knock one of the parents out, and Videl realizes that he was telling the truth when the uh, the dinosaur was kidnapped. So the dinosaur is uh, given back to its family, and um, the day is saved. Or is it? Because the next day. Videl basically points to Gohan and says, okay, enough. I know you're the great Saiyan man. Here's proof. You have the same cut on your face that he did uh, during the fight yesterday. So Gohan's freaking out saying, oh no, my secret identity. It's completely blown. Everyone knows who I am. And she says, actually, only I know who you are. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell everybody unless you do two things. Enter the world's martial arts tournament and teach me how to fly. Because she, uh, she, she did some research on her own. And the person that won the world's martial arts tournament before her father was someone named Son Goku. And it doesn't take much to figure out that Gohan is the son of Son Goku, who's dead now. And she wants, uh, she thinks that the, a fight between the two former champions of the world's martial arts tournament would be pretty awesome. And she also wants to know how to fly. So, uh, Gohan's blackmailed yet again and flies over to, um, to Bulma to basically, you know, give his woes. Says, you know, I have to t- compete in this tournament, but the tournament doesn't allow headgear, so how can I k- keep my identity without, you know, uh, blowing, you know, blowing everything? She says, okay, here's my latest invention. It's, it's ingenious and it's full of technology. <laughs> A head wrap and sunglasses. So uh, Gohan's pretty thrilled at this. He thinks it looks even cooler than before. And um, he says, he once again says, I'm going to enter in this tournament. Vegeta walks in the room and says, if you're entering, I'm going to enter. You were stronger than me seven years ago, but after all this time of training and practice, I want to test my new abilities against you. What could that mean? But before uh, Gohan can react much further than that, they hear a disembodied voice. It's Goku. 
Goku tells him that uh, he's earned a bit of credit. He will be able to return to the land of the living uh, for at least 24 hours. And um, he'll, he'll, use his, he'll use his time to enter the tournament and see Gohan and his friends once more. <laughs> and his son that he doesn't know about. Uh, Gohan and Vegeta are very uh, excited about this, <laughs> both for different reasons. And um, Gohan just flies over and decides to uh, bring, the band, bring the group back. Uh, basically, uh, gather the band together and get all his friends and tell them about the tournament and that Goku's returning. So he flies towards uh, uh, Kami House. He runs into Krillin, who looks decidedly different. He's rocking black hair. He's rocking a wife, who is Android 18. <laughs> and uh, he has a, a young daughter named Marin, who's blonde-haired, no nose, and dots for eyes. So he's definitely the father of that. <laughs> of that, that, that child. Gohan flies over to... Uh, well, Kami. it's half Android, so it may be of that. I didn't, oh my gosh, she is half Android, isn't she? I mean, yeah, I suppose like she would... We'll, we'll get into it a little bit later. This is just purely the synopsis. <laughs> I suppose. What 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 science has Krillin brought about this time? <laughs> <laughs> so Gohan flies over to uh, Kami Tower. Uh, he tells Piccolo all about Goku returning in the tournament, and Piccolo says, "That sounds awesome. I'm I'm entering too." He invites Dende, although Dende, who's now the Guardian of the Earth, says, "You know, I'm not really a fighter, so you have your fun." And through the entire time, Krillin, Piccolo, and Dende all kind of make fun of his new new. Uh, his new costume. So Gohan returns home, tells his mother that Goku's returning, and she gets really flustered and says, oh, I should, you know, make myself look pretty. Now I've, I've gotten so old, and he's probably not aged. Gohan's like, yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that's cool. Um, so can I take some time off of school to train for the tournament and then compete? And at first she's like, hell no. Why would you bother asking me that? But he says, the prize is like over 10 million zenny. And he says, oh, really? You could buy a PhD with that? Of course. So uh, Goten offers to help Gohan train. So they go to bed, and the next day they wake up bright and early so um, they can get started. And uh, Gohan says, this is a little trick my dad taught me. My dad. Our dad. And he becomes a Super Saiyan, which would be a lot cooler if we hadn't seen before. So this is our setting for the next several episodes. Gohan's being blackmailed by Videl, who is the daughter of Mr. Satan. They're going to enter the 25th Tenkaichi Budokai, the next martial arts tournament. And everyone's training to see uh, each other again, including Goku, who's coming back for at least one day. Um, I, again, I apologize for the bit of a stilted synopsis, kind of breezing through it. But again, we're kind of we kind of want to get to the main meat of the episode and not belabor on the little idiosyncrasies. Although there is definitely a lot to talk about. So, Jesse, this is your moment. What were you thinking about the, uh, the the new setting, the new the introduction to the new arc, the the characters after the time skip, Gohan, the new characters and Videl, and generally, uh, what's your introductory thoughts about where we are right now in the series? Uh, to me, this really felt like a new season, a new a new show, even because I mean, you're you're, you're you uh, I think with the end of the cell saga, you pass the torch along to Gohan, and this is. The end result of that. This mm-hmm. is very firmly his show at this point, and I like it. It's it's uh, it's very interesting, mm-hmm. and it's. I think since we've seen him develop as a child, like we've basically seen the most important parts of his life to, at this point, it's very easy to kind of hand the reins over to him as our central protagonist, and that I think also helped with some of the pacing and even with the 
episodes, mm-hmm. we already are invested in this character. So I wanted to see these Avengers. I wanted to see Gohan in an environment that he's never done before because, I mean, you got to think this, this guy has basically spent his entire youth fighting and studying. So you enjoy, like, um, Gohan, seeing Gohan in, in a new environment. Basically, I mean, again, like, this is kind of – he's an older Gohan, obviously. Was it any – was it disconcerting to you to see him this older? Like, did he feel like the same character, or did he, uh, was he, like, so totally different? Or were you just, like, you know, kind of rolling with it? I went with it because I think there wasn't such a disconnect between who he was before. You could easily look at this character and see where he came from and see how he became the person he is from what he, what we last saw. Right. But I didn't, in a good way, I didn't have a lot of questions about, well, what happened in a seven-year gap? I just kind of... Satisfied and could fill in my own kind of my own assumptions in how every how it, Gohan and his mom and his unbeknownst to Goku brother uh, <laughs> got to where they were. So I think it was uh, I think the time skip was kind of ballsy, but I think it was uh, it worked and it was probably the most interesting thing you could take an interesting direction you could take the show. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you bring up a good point because Dragon Ball. Uh, has, Toriyama's no stranger to time skips. I mean, in Dragon Ball, there was always, like, like a th- I think a three-year time skip every now and then to, because they were in between the tournaments. Uh, between Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, there's a five-year time skip, you know, between Goku and Chi-Chi getting married and then Gohan being four years old. Um, obviously, there was there was a, uh, a one-year time skip with the Saiyan Saga, a three-year time skip between the Frieza and Android Saga. But this is like decide, this is such a large this is nearly ten years and the characters are so much older the characters are we've not seen the characters this different in between time skips before so this is uh, the most disconcerting when I say disconcerting I don't mean like you know troubling but like the most rapid rapidly different iteration of the characters in between arcs that the series has seen up to this point and um, I, I I agree with you I I really really enjoy it. Um, I think what really makes it work is that because after the at, at the end of the Cell game, the Cell game was so climactic uh, that Gohan becoming the strongest person in the universe and Goku dying. I think to, to jump into the next arc after right after that would be kind of you know it it wouldn't give it, I think the time skip gives that more weight you know that the piece was really won and that uh, it was really earned and again we mentioned it before but like, it might as well. Say it again because it's worth repeating. This almost feels like a new series, doesn't it? If Toriyama ended Dragon Ball Z and started, let's say, let's call this Dragon Ball GT, and uh, you know he started out with this, let's go on as an older character and as the main character, it would kind of work well. Uh, although you know, I, I don't mind that it's not a new series, but I think I think the time basically the time the time skip works really really well, and uh, it's definitely Toriyama trying different things. Do you think this time skip works better than the time skip at the end of Dragon Ball to Dragon Ball Z? Um, it's interesting because again, going by the manga, it, it's all a, a straightforward timeline. There's no real, you know, differentiating. Again, like um, at the end of Dragon Ball, at the anime, like you know, Goku and Chi Chi fly off, and um, in the manga they, they do so as well. But the next chapter is like five years later, and then like Raditz comes. Uh, I suppose. This one, you know, this one actually works a bit better because while Dragon Ball Z starts with the introduction of Krillin and Bulma and Master Roshi and, you know, they're all kind of getting together, and then Raditz immediately comes and threatens everybody, this one starts off a lot slower. This one feels like a, feels more of a start to a series. Um, I remember when we did our first episode, it was really uh, tricky 
to kind of describe everything because we were kind of like, you know, being, we kind of jumped into our previously established characters here. It's easier to kind of get into the series. I think because we're kind of being introduced to reintroduced to the characters like, like Gohan, like Krillin, like Piccolo through Videl's eyes and the story's uh, narrative. So I would say this is a better uh, time skip, I think. So just in general, I mean, kind of moving on from the time skip and like the new setting, what were you thinking about? Uh, what were you thinking about? Okay, let's let's kind of go character by character just a bit. Obviously, the most the most uh, prolific character of these new uh, episodes is Videl, and um, basically, you know, her being Satan's daughter and her basically being um, a, a large foil to Gohan. What do you th- what do you make of her character, judging off of these first few episodes? For one, I like the anagram there, Satan Devil. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> Videl being an anagram of Devil. That's true. Yes. I do like that she's kind of the uh, the counterpart to Goku. She's, I think she was anyway. She's very much headstrong and a brawler and very very strong female character that we don't see very often in the show. Mm-hmm. And I also like that she looks like Tifa from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> with tight tails. Yeah, and uh, she's a brawler. She's very physical with her fighting. There's no you know superpowers. It's all straight level punching. Which I think is pretty sweet, and she's a lot more effective than her dad. Oh yeah, yeah, she's she's a uh, she's pretty much like as normal as it gets, but still, you know, like like for some reason she fights crying, <laughs> which I kind of like. And we talked about it kind of before, like in terms of female characters, she's she's, she's probably the most uh, she's she's definitely the mo- the most interesting female character since Android eighteen. I would I would actually argue she's more inter- more interesting because she's given more focus, um, and. What, one thing that's interesting, you don't, you don't exactly expect Mr. Satan to have a daughter like this because she is so completely different from him. She's not blustery. She's prideful, but she's not like – she's not an idiot essentially. You kind of wonder where that kind of comes from. Well, I think subconsciously she's making up for her dad's shortcomings. Right. There was um, there was an episode where uh, the Red Shark gang were, were kidnapping the mayor, and Mr. Satan was hiding in his room watching the news while she jumped in there and tried to stop them. So it's, it's kind of like, you know, whereas he kind of professes to be a, a hero, she actually is, which I really enjoy. I think that, like, I, I, I really like her, too. I, I really like this character. I think that, like, she's definitely pushy. She's obviously pushy. So, I mean, you know, you might have fans, like, not like her. I don't know, because she gives Gohan so much crap. But I think that there's, there's a lot of angles, which is interesting. You know, her being Mr. Satan's daughter. Her legitimately being a fighter. And you know, earning her, her earning her strength, earning her fighting prowess by fighting crime, by basically being the hero that her father isn't. It's not. A, it's a lot of like Toriyama's uh, propensity to use heavy irony in the series, which I think makes it work well. And I think that like, kind of giving Gohan a female, like you know, basically a Lois Lane, trying to find out his identity until he actually until she actually does, and you know, blackmail all that kind of stuff. It's really interesting because we don't really spend a lot of time with the usual Dragon Ball characters. It's mainly him and her and the high school characters. So I think that, like, kind of introducing introducing the – reintroducing the series that way works well. Again, it, again, it really does feel like a new series. In terms of, like, uh, kind of going from Videl and the new setting, we were kind of – you were kind of introduced to this new, this new arc in a different way. Like, because you've, you've been watching Dragon Ball Kai the entire time. Now you're watching the original episodes, the original uncut episodes, and the pacing is obviously dramatically different. How did you feel about the pacing when you were watching the, these episodes? I think the break we took and the 
uh, basically where the the change fell at helped pacing mm-hmm. because it was the introduction to new characters and a new setting. So there's not exactly as much. It, it wouldn't be as dis, disjointed as if we uh, did a swap in the middle of a saga. Right. So that kind of gave me more breathing room and more introduction to the characters. So it's kind of a fitting approach. I mean, so far I've I've really enjoyed it because. It does give us time, even though it's a filler episode. It gives us time to get acquainted to the characters. So you weren't you were not bothered by like the slower pace, like the the, the lack of music at times, like the really 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 slow down. Like I mean, to me, um, when it really hit me, I've seen this before, but like usually the Funimation version on Toonami had the Bruce Falconer music. This one has the original soundtrack, where the whole scene in the first episode where they're in class and. Videl staring at Gohan and the teachers talking. That was so. I I, I hesitate to say padded because it was like like dramatic storytelling, but it was so slow, so much slower than how DBZ Kai did it. So that like just it really it just didn't didn't bother you. I mean, obviously it was different, but it didn't bother you at all. Yeah, I had no. Uh, I, I never stopped and thought this is too slow. Okay. Which I was almost expecting to. I was uh, I kind of went in and, and was weird and weird. Yeah, I was kind of weary of. But but yeah, I hadn't I didn't have that. Excellent. No, that's that's great. And um, I think it's, I think it works well because this is such a new series. It kind of really helps you to kind of get used to it rather than the rapid fire uh, nature that Kai did. Because to be honest, like Dragon Ball Z Kai, there were times where it went by so fast that I didn't like it. Uh, I think I was talking to Grandma about this on Facebook that like the way that they kind of cut things and certain parts is welcome, but in other parts. It feels as though they're just fast-forwarding through, the, through certain parts of the series. And I think that, like, uh, this first episode actually does work well in establishing what's new and what's different and everything. So, uh, we'll kind of move on from the pacing. What were you thinking about the other characters that were kind of introduced, like uh, Sharpener and Erasa? You see what they did there. Uh, like, other characters go on stage. As stereotypical, or I guess as paper-thin as they are, mm-hmm. it, it is nice to see other characters for the for the main cast to play off of, because we don't get that all that often. Right. And especially, you know, a very, that type of Western, oh, I say Western, because as a comic book fan, I'm used to that that kind of trope. But kind of seeing that implemented in this show, it's something new and different. And I think Toriyama was really trying kind of for that approach. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really enjoyed seeing uh, just the interactions between all these characters, because we haven't had any characters of that age group either. Yeah, it's uh, Gohan interacting with um, people his own age, and it, like you like you mentioned, it's it's very much. Not, I, I had to say a Western trope, although I'm not sure where it was probably done at Western because it is like a high school kind of thing. Especially with uh, you and I being Spider-Man fans, we're very familiar with this kind of thing. But it's very interesting seeing Gohan, you know, have peers in his in his age group, uh, and it's funny because they talk about, oh, you're such a nerd. They're, they're really kind of passing him and giving him crap the first episode. I like that he's totally oblivious to it because he's never interacted with anybody, or hardly ever, his own age before. So it's not the whole – God. It's not like in Dragon Ball Evolution where Goku feels bad because he's not popular. <laughs> God. Oh, you went there, man. You went there. I, 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 the, the comparison was there. I had no choice. It's kind of, it was kind of interesting. I mean, we, I mean, we don't really see too much of them. They're really minor characters, but they do kind of fill out – uh, Gohan and Videl's uh, supporting cast, which is which is nice, I think. Um, let's see. Moving on from those characters. Uh, okay, let's talk about let's talk about uh, let's keep with the new characters for now, and we'll get into like the original characters in a little bit. 
what was your what was your initial reaction to uh, the fact that Gohan has a new brother, a new brother, a brother at all in uh, Goten? That kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he does from what little we've seen of him, he does seem very different than Gohan. Mm-hmm. Purely in that, by his age, Gohan had already saved the world and was busy saving the world. Right. So he seems to be a much more mellow, well, a child who who had his own childhood and didn't have to be kind of forced to grow up. So I like that uh, the differences that he's not just a carbon copy of Gohan. Yeah, he's pretty much like a, like a, a normal little boy, and um, I kind of find him cute that like he is so he looks so much up to Gohan because Gohan is a, is a much older character than he is, and he's really not. He's about the age that Gohan was when Gohan fought Frieza. And, you know, he looks just like Goku, but he's not like either of those characters. He's about as normal as it gets, you know, considering he lives out in the, in the boonies with his mom. But, um, I really like him. Uh, we'll see, we'll see more of him as the series goes on. I'm not gonna say much, but we will see more of him, especially with his interaction with, his interaction with, uh, Trunks. But, um, he, I, I do like him. I, I find it a little, a little bit random that, <laughs> It was a real Goku and Chi Chi had sex during, like, like during the Cell games. I mean, not so much. I guess not random from the word, but like that's a that's kind of a big thing to kind of drop that like, oh yeah, this happened when you weren't looking. <laughs> yeah, it's like the middle of the series. Oh, by the way, here's a new character. Yeah, well, it's, it's not so much a new character, yeah, but like you know, Gohan has a brother and Chi Chi has another son. So that's that's it. It Toriyama just makes it work makes it work enough to where it doesn't it doesn't not make sense, but um. It's kind of like, wait, what? When did this happen? I mean, I don't know. But, you know, they, they kind of play on that along that way when uh, uh, Chi-Chi realizes that Goku and Goten will meet for the first time. So that's, that's kind of nice. You would have thought that Goku would have used his King Kai powers to, like, talk to Gohan or Goten when they were when Goten was born, but I guess not. I guess no, he, no, clearly the most important thing is this tournament. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, he knows where his priorities are. Okay, m- moving from, from um, on all the new characters to characters that we've seen before and are, you know, kind of different. Let's first talk about, uh, saying in the same age range, Trunks, because last time we saw this version of Trunks, he was either a baby or an older teenager from the from a war-torn future. What were you thinking about um, Trunks? Because this is uh, Trunks from the rest of the series. Like, So what were you thinking about uh, how Trunks, how this version of Trunks is now in comparison to future Trunks? It's interesting to see where he's going to be the sim- a similar character and where he's going to diverge. Because obviously his upbringing is completely different. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, from what I've seen of him, he he does act different. But he's kind of snooty and arrogant. He's got a little bit of Vegeta in him, and yeah, obviously the future version didn't because he wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Dead beat dead. All right. Yeah. And well, I mean, dead. a dead dead beat dead beat dead. <laughs> I mean, uh, I I I think he has potential, and I I, I do like his play, how he plays off with Vegeta. In just a few scenes we have between them. Yeah, it's it's funny because, uh, like you mentioned, Future Trunks without a father grew up to be a very like you know awesome character. Not to say like you know Vegeta detriments this this version, or maybe he does. But but like this is this is a radically different iteration of Trunks. He's a, first of all he is a kid. He's also and this is something that I really like about the character and that I was kind of known about the character before they started airing it in America. That this version of Trunks, he's not like you know a bad kid. But he is a bit mischievous. He's a bit of a punk. We'll see more of that as the series goes on, but like there's a there's a moment where Gohan's complaining to Bulma, you know, oh this girl Videl, she's blackmailing me, and Go and Trunks is th- thinking to himself, you know, 
Gohan's so lame. Man, if I were him, I would just beat that girl up. And I really like that because it's something a little ki- a little punk kid would say or think to himself. It's like a a, a prepubescent ooh cooties thing to, to say. Yeah, exactly. Like a, a little grade school kid to say, and it's not a nice thing to say, but like, it's it's totally a little boy thing, which is kind of cool. And it's kind of cool because he is he is being raised by Vegeta, which I don't think we've, we've ever like like uh, could imagine until we get to this point in the series. So he's not like you know a little saying because Bulma's still there. But he does have a a, a a bit of a rude streak. Not not to say you know he's flipping people off yet, but but um he has his own personality, which is nice. He's he's not like Goten. Goten's a very nice little boy, a very well mannered little boy. Trunks having the parents that he does isn't as a uh, he isn't as goody two shoes as Goten is, and we'll, and we'll see that more of that being played a bit later on. Moving on to other characters, like you know we can kind, of, kind of group them into a bit, like Vegeta, Bulma, Chi Chi. Characters that we know that are but are now older. What were your reactions to them? And like you know, the fact that like Chichi's the one that's aged the most. Bulma looks really good for her age, and Vegeta just has not aged at all. But what were your reactions to those characters? Uh, apparently, Bulma, the only way she's aged is that she starts smoking. So I, I don't know what that's about. That's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Chichi predominantly looks the same. Uh, Vegeta does look exactly the same, and uh, I think they do act different. Mm-hmm. In that, uh, Bulma is much more chill. Much like you kind of, I kind of got the vibe that being a mother had calmed her some of her uh, centricness down quite a bit. Right, You're and right. and that dealing with dealing with Vegeta probably caused her to start smoking. But. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um, I, I, that 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 bit that bit of animation uh, in the last episode we covered. Where we see her pick up a uh, a pack of cigarettes and a lighter, uh, light the cigarette, smoke it, take a drag, and exhale uh, the the, uh, the tobacco was really <laughs> that was really odd. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of smoking, but I don't really care if a character smokes or not because no one does that in cartoons anymore. So, um, I mean, hell, in the UK there's a smoking ban. So, but like uh, to see a character that we, we've kind of known for a while. Do something so realistic, it was really, really odd to see. I mean, it was kind of honestly, it was, it was a bit refreshing to see, which it sounds a bit odd, but like for Boma to like you know a character that we've known since she was sixteen, kind of take up that habit, was really, really interesting. It was a shock to the system, shock to the senses. Um, it's, it's also odd. I mean, I, I mentioned how in, in Battle of Gods how. The setting takes place at a birthday party, and if you do the math in terms of how old she says she is, she probably lies about her age. Um, there's a fan theory I think that like uh, she uses Dragon Balls to wish for wish to look younger than she actually is because she must she has to be like in her late thirties at this point. You know she looks she looks much younger than that. Um, yeah, Vegeta uh, Vegeta looks the same, and and it's mentioned once or twice that that Saiyans age younger. They're like. Uh, Kryptonians, but Vegeta's also like he's not he's as much of a dick as he tends to always be. He is uh, he's he's staying with his family. He's raising Trunks. He's training Trunks, which is totally in character. He doesn't like blow Trunks off like he did Future Trunks initially. Like you know he doesn't like just leave Bulma to raise the kid. He he wants to make sure that Trunks is stronger than Gohan, which which I think is also um, a really strong callback to 
his whole his whole interaction with Future Trunks during the Android saga, where he saw Future Trunks die, and he reacted strongly against that. So we're kind of seeing like the result of that character change here, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's like he's I think he's being the best possible father he can mm-hmm. in the way he knows how to. It's like he's spending time with his son. Yeah, he's training him to fight, but that's for Vegeta. That's the most most he can give as a father. <laughs> this is all you're gonna get from me. No, yeah, yeah, he's he's he's. Tr- I mean, he's doing what he what the best that he feels he can do in, in terms of Trunks, which is cool. So, I mean, which is why I think that Trunks has the personality he does. I mean, not only that, like the, the present Trunks, the little chibi Trunks, is a bad guy, but like he's not nearly as altruistic as Future Trunks is. Future Trunks, you know, grew up in that crappy timeline, and you know, just like you know, fighting bad guys all the time. This Trunks is like you know a normal kid. But, you know, like, about as normal of a believable kid as, as one can imagine. Okay, before we get into, like, the whole Saiyan Man bits, kind of continue with the other characters, uh, one thing that I thought was uh, particularly fun to see is uh, the, the return of Krillin and Krillin's new status quo. Him hooking up with 18 and uh, having a daughter. Uh, growing out hair. <laughs> this is, this is, this, <laughs> this ain't your daddy's Krillin. <laughs> Uh, what was your what was your reaction to that? Like, what was basically like you know, your resp- we, we, we've known Krillin for years now, you know, being the bald guy, being the, the character that we like to see get beat up. Now we see that he's made good good for himself. What was your response to Krillin's new uh, new lifestyle? A slow clap. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, it's like you know, he's got hot blonde wife, little girl, hair, he. Apparently lives with Master Roshi, which is, would be interesting. And it's like, who is this? This is not the character we last saw. <laughs> and I love that Go- Gohan, he finds it so necessary he has to break the fourth wall. Yes. And, yeah, he has hair now. <laughs> don't, don't be scared. This is Krillin. Exactly. Like, uh, it's interesting. I, I find it the most interesting, like, uh, in terms of, like, Characters and how they're different from before. This is the most, to me, like the most interesting and different of of, of all the characters because you know, Gohan got older, Trunks got older, and everything like that. Krillin somehow tracked down eighteen, <laughs> got laid, and like, it like decides to start a family with her and and squatting in Masarochi's house, which he's always done, which is pathetic. But um, it's really interesting to see like see Toriyama give the guy a break. One thing that was always kind of consistent between him in terms of like Krillin's character ever since we first saw him in Dragon Ball, is that he always wanted a girlfriend. And, like, um, one thing that he mentioned during the Riot Saga is, like, oh, you know, if I die again, then I won't be brought back. I'll never get a girlfriend at this rate. Like, that was consistent to his character. And um, in the Android Saga, he was fiending for 18 like nobody's business. And um, it was always one of those things where, you know, he knew that he was so trying to, to date out of his league. He never really had a chance. And 18 even says this much. Like, you don't have – I don't care that, you you know, you're nice to me. You don't have a chance in hell to, to get with me, man. And apparently he does. <laughs> so, like, it's – Exactly. It, it's uh, – I like it because it is such a such a, uh, a 180 from where we last saw him. And uh, and I, I would really like, like, like uh, listeners to write in and say how much they uh, – how, how they responded to this sort of change. Maybe I'm making a bigger deal of, out of it than it really is, but I, I really I really like the, the reveal that Krillin is so chill. 
you know, with, with his with his blonde wife and his daughter, that like, he grew his hair out and like he's he's just living the life of Riley. Not not even doing it. He doesn't even have a job. He's just kind of chilling on the on an island. <laughs> he had the uh, he had the happy ending. The last thing we can talk about of, of you know of a major uh, setting change is Gohan's Great Saiyan Man persona and him becoming a superhero, which obviously isn't really something that DBC tends to do in terms of again it's sort of a, a Western thing that we're, we're used to in this Japanese anime. What was your kind of take on that uh, story twist? I thought it kind of made sense that a teenage high schooler would want to do this. Like to him, that seems like the ultimate thing to do. Like. Oh, I, I'm stronger than most people. I can help people. I can become a superhero. I can mm-hmm. put a cape on. Like, it seemed like a natural progression of, especially of somebody who's been saving the world since he was like four. Right, exactly. And I love that he has a, a absolutely atrocious costume that everybody else loves. Or that everybody that he loves, everybody else hates. <laughs> and his poses are not uh, completely unfamiliar because what is, what is, what, what does that harken back to? The Ginyu Force. Oh, yes. Which I love because it's it, as much as he fought against the Indian Force, for some reason it's implied that he enjoyed them. Although it should be said that like his posing and his goofiness, his goofy nature is totally Toriyama's Toriyama's uh, satirical jab at Super Sentai Fighters, the Power Rangers, Sailor Moon, and like as we mentioned before, Mass Rider. So that was kind of cool. But it was, it was kind of interesting. Like, I mean, do you think it's like too goofy of a thing, or do you think that like it's fun enough where you don't mind seeing it when it pops up? Uh, I like it. Uh, I think it's interesting to see him in this persona especially to see because i've always kind of wondered you know here here are these characters who are essentially superheroes who are essentially saving the world they never have you know costumes they never kind of put any thought into what they're doing no they don't (laughs) but for gohan but yeah but before gohan who this is a lifestyle for him this is all he knows he's gonna he's gonna look at it differently than someone else would exactly yeah and because he is young he can kind of like uh make more of a go about it. I've always of the opinion that, like, superheroes make more sense when they're younger because teenagers would probably want to be that if they had superpowers, but that's another discussion. Oh, man, late again. Hey, good morning, Gohan. Oh, hey there, Videl. You're late too, huh? <clears throat> Gohan, it's over. What do you mean? Class is just now starting, Videl. Forget class. Huh? Hold still there. <gasps> My gosh, isn't that funny? Yeah, I saw Saiyaman get scratched in the same spot, and that's exactly who you are, Mr. Saiyaman. Yikes! Busted! I can't believe it! The secret identity of Saiyaman is public knowledge! <sighs> Guardian of the city, I am the great Saiyaman! I wouldn't exactly say that it was public knowledge, only I know. But I do think the public has a right to know. Maybe I should schedule a press conference. No, please don't. You know the only reason I keep my identity secret is to protect my family's privacy. It's for them. Please, Videl. Is that true? Yes, of course. Hey, you're the golden fighter as well, aren't you? No, just say it, man. Why should I believe you? That guy has blonde hair! You're right Uh about that. He's Uh more handsome than you are, too. Uh I guess I believe you. Yeah, I do. Videl, is there any way you could keep my secret between us? Maybe, but you have to do something for me in return. Okay, here's the deal. If you enter the World Martial Arts Tournament, I'll keep your secret. How's that? Me? Compete in the tournament? That's right. I'm going to be competing myself, but winning the world championship won't mean anything to me unless I know that all the best fighters in the country are participating. My dad was the last champion, and he told me that a guy named Goku had won the one before that. 
<sighs> Strangely enough, I did some research on this Goku fella and found out that he has a son named Gohan. Then I put two and two together and realized you're his son. I'm right about that, aren't I? Well? Uh, no. Uh, uh. I knew it. You're a terrible liar, Gohan. You're Goku's son. It's written all over your face. Wow, this is going to be great. What a terrific match. The former champion's daughter fighting the former champion's son. Doesn't that sound exciting to you? No, not really. Why don't we do something really challenging like go out on a date? <laughs> Look, if you're too chicken to fight me, then you don't have to compete. But I'm going to tell everyone your secret. What? You do that? Yeah, sure. The truth is the truth, right? Your family can adapt to being in the limelight just like mine did. You wouldn't really. Just try me. Oh, all right then. I'll compete in the tournament. Cheer up. This is going to be a blast. You just wait and see. It's going to be a heck of a lot better than going out on a silly old date, that's for sure. Oh, and uh, there's one more condition. Uh -huh. It's no big deal. I just want to learn how to fly, that's all. That shouldn't be too hard to teach me, should it? No, it's a cinch. Great. Well, we'll get started right away. See you later. <sighs> Blackmailed again? How do I do it? Um, so that's pretty much, like, the main story beats we want to hit up. I mean, again, uh, sorry for the curt nature of this episode, but, like, we're on a bit of a time crunch. Uh, but we are in the Pusaka. So far, so good. I mean, I, I personally uh, enjoy this, this era of the arc, which I like the least of. Um, before we head out for, uh, for this month, Jesse, like, you know, just any final thoughts in terms of where the series is, uh, and what you expect and how you're enjoying it? Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for this saga. I I've been excited for every saga we've, we've done so far mm -hmm. and all of them for different reasons. Right. This one, I'm excited to kind of see where the characters are going, what kind of callbacks we get and just kind of explore farther how different they are than where we left them off. Yeah, ex yeah, exactly. Like this is again, it's so it's such a startle, uh, it's such a start of a new era in the series that like no one's really like, a different series, and because um, they're really taking their time out. Even the, the original manga took this time out to kind of establish the characters and establish the setup. It is more enjoyable, I think. So yeah, I, I no matter I'm even enjoying the the slower pace. Yeah, yeah. You, you, so far, you're you're hanging in there with the uh, original. Not to say that it's bad, but like. You you do enjoy the slower pace and the, and the not the non Kai version, which is awesome. Yeah, and I think that that may have been how I was introduced to it or how I became accustomed to it. Kind of going from a quicker pace to slowing it down, I imagine would be a lot easier to get into than the opposite. Than starting with something that would be slower and less to the point, you know, quote unquote. Exactly, exactly. And I, and I kind of like that too, to be honest. Like I kind of enjoyed it for what it was. Uh, sometimes I wish it kind of hurried up, but it's not. It's actually not not nearly as um, inexorably slow as I imagine it to be. Um, but we shall continue this discussion next month slash year. Again, this is our uh, two-year anniversary of the Next Dimension. <laughs> I can't believe we made this. It took us two years to get to the Boo Saga. We'll take two years to finish it because we have um, about 90-ish episodes left in the series. For February of, uh, of our coverage, uh, again, just going right now. We're just going by the original DBZ episodes, and I'll insert the manga chapters whenever I learn them. Uh, we shall watch and go over episodes 206, 207, 208, and 209 when they're training for the World's Martial Arts Tournament. So 
Jesse, I shall see you in the year 2014. It'll be a long days away. So long that year. But um, until then, thank you very much for putting up with our late episode. You've been listening to the next dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. We will see you guys in 2014. Take care. Happy New Year. Before we close out for the month and the year, I'd like to take time out to read a message sent to our Facebook page by one Mr. David Andrew Aponte. Again, I hope I pronounced that last name right. David wrote, Please hear me out, because I'm not sure if in a later podcast you cover this issue. I was listening to the podcast where you guys are talking about Goku possibly being a reckless father for sending Gohan to fight with Cell. Here we go again. <laughs> Please watch this clip of Gohan and Goku training in the hyperbolic time chamber before the fight with Cell. Gohan actually jumps to a Super Saiyan 2 form momentarily and Goku sees it. Goku is not so oblivious as you guys might think. He actually becomes very wise when matters are severe. Though he still remains innocent and kind-hearted. Please watch this and consider that Goku cannot be a good father and a bad fa- father at the same time. There is a truth to his character. The writer made him a he- the hero of heroes to the point where he ascends to godhood. That should tell you something about the essence of Goku's character. Like I said, I don't know if during a later episode you guys actually cover the issue and are corrected, but if not, I just have to. Goku is the best hero to the point that he gives his life to save all humanity and the universe so many times. On another note, I'd like to say that aside from this, you guys make a gripping podcast when I'm talking about the death of DBZ. It's the only anime I really care about, and I can tell you fellows have a passion for it. Thank you for reading this message, and keep up the good work. Your fellow saying, David. Thank you, David. Yeah, I was well aware of that uh, clip where Gohan briefly goes SSJ2 in the hyperbolic time chamber or the room of spirit and time. We didn't make much of a mention. I think Kai has it, but because that was a scene of filler that wasn't in the original manga, uh, I chose not to, not to kind of really include it. I probably could have mentioned it, but... Um, Again, and again, I mean, I, I kind of continue to agree to disagree with uh, uh, the Goku thing during the Cell game. I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that he's a terrible father, but I still think that in that instance, he, could, he probably could have done a bit better than just shoving Gohan out in the battlefield. But, you know, I mean, people are going to have their opinions about it. I, I don't never really have a problem with that. Um, so as you heard, that was our episode 24, finally. Um, there were a few things that we kind of mentioned, uh, that I don't think were in the second edition. Uh, I'm trying to remember what they were exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, just the fact that, like, the Boo Saga was kind of like the modern DBZ as to when I became aware of the series. Um, again, I, I kind of get into the series when I was, like, in fourth or fifth grade, but, like, even before then, when I was vaguely aware of anime, DBZ was sort of, like, seen, you know, it was always in the background of my, of my awareness, and through you know, just pop culture osmosis, whenever people would mention DBZ, it would be the Boo Saga. Because that was the, that was when the series was, was airing back in the 90s. And so I kind of felt that like uh, it was interesting for us to finally come full circle in terms of my awareness and be covering what was then the modern Boo Saga. Like that was what Dragon Ball Z was at the time. And um, it'll be a long time before we get done with it. So this will be Dragon Ball Z from here on in. Again, you guys, uh, get ready to cover episodes for next month. DBZ original episodes 206 through 209. Uh, thank you very, very much for waiting. Thank you very much for being patient. And I hope this episode finds you well. Again, we have, we have a lot of fans. And uh, we really appreciate the time that you guys take to uh, put up with uh, whatever keeps us from putting these episodes out. Hopefully, uh, nothing bad will happen between now and episode 25. So we can get, get on with the, the training for the Tenkaichi Burokai. On until January of 2014, thank you very much for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. 
sayonara. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.libson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send in feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. I don't believe it! This is amazing! Wow! Hey guys, this is Krillin. He doesn't fight anymore, so he let his hair grow out. Goku? Well, what do you know? Well, if you and Goku and Vegeta are going to enter, why should I enter? Aw, oh, come on, Krillin. It'll be great! I know it would be fun and all. It would be like old times again. Fighting in another world championship with Goku almost sounds too good to be true. But I have to start training a lot, and I don't know how my wife would feel about that. Hmm? Huh? Hey, Dad! Get the ball! Get it, Dad! There you go, Marin, you little firefly. Hey, <laughs> girl. Wow, she's adorable, Krillin. How would you like to see your dad compete in a martial arts tournament? First, she'd want to know if there's any prize money involved. Oh, hi. Nice to see you. And, yeah, they pay out to the top five places. First, the overall winner of the tournament gets paid 10 million zenny. Then it goes on down. Second place gets paid 5 million, and third place gets 3 million. Enter Krillin. I will. Why not? Hey, Dad. If you fight, I'll watch you. Thanks, sweetheart. Come on, Krillin. Yeah, come on, Dad. You'll win if you do. If you say so, I'll do it. Hey, maybe I should do it, too. What do you think? No way. You're too old. <laughs> hey, go on. Let's not tell Piccolo about it. That way, I'll have a better chance of getting into the top five. Oh, I don't know, Krillin. I was going to tell him, too. All right, but if you won't do me this favor, I'm going to have to be honest about your outfit. Huh? What do you mean? I'm at the pinnacle of style. I think you've lost your fashion sense living way out here so long. Yeah.